Welcome to the Fully Alive Man podcast. This is a podcast to help men become fully alive by doing life together. My name is Robbie Angle. I am here with my co-host, Lee Rogers, the director of men's groups at North Point Community Church in Alpharetta, Georgia. And we are doing this podcast for guys who want to become fully alive and who are in men's groups, married groups, and value community. And we hope this equips you for conversations in community to help sharpen each other to become better men and better husbands, which is what we're going to be talking about today this weird, tension, anxious, nebulous concept of spiritual leadership in the home as men. So if you're married or not married, we're going to try to do what the church does not do very often, which is unpack and give understanding and clarity and practical um, awareness to what this means. What is our role as a husband? What's the dynamic of marriage designed to look like? What does it look like? What does society want it to look like? We've tackled all that, but this is part two of the conversation. So if you've missed part one, go back, listen to that. We're going to pick up on the conversation um, that we started in the last episode. But before that, what, Lee, when you think of spiritual leader on like a bad, like what's an image of like a a Oh yeah, spiritual leader in the home. What do you? What's a bad picture of what we've done with that image in the church? We should we should acknowledge. I'm a child of the '80s, and so (laughs) the '80s as a Gen Xer, we were fighting the system, pushing back against the establishment all the time. So I immediately picture the dad in Footloose. He he was also the preacher for the town. He was like the spiritual leader for the whole town. But he was like, there will be no dancing. The killjoy. And therefore, all anyone wanted to do was dance. Yep. I, I don't remember even once in high school feeling like I need to fight for the right to dance. Yep. But when you watch Footloose, you know, that was the thing. Push back against that guy. That's awesome. It, and, it, and it culminated in the time like he slapped his daughter in the face. That's awesome. Spiritual I- leader of the home. Yeah, I, I think about that too. I think about somebody that like puts up a couple verses in the home, makes sure his family goes to church just enough, and like a couple times a year, makes sure he says, hey, uh, let's pray, or like at a weird time, or let's do a Devo, or like just trying, where it's like- Like a church guy. Yeah, like a church guy trying to do it, but- uh, because our wives kind of want us to, and this guy's trying, but it's not real. You could skip this podcast and pretty much understand what it means to be a spiritual leader in the home. Love Jesus. If you love Jesus, you're going to love Jesus. And that's what being a leader is, is someone that actually loves Jesus so and therefore true. love others. You can't pose and be Spoiler. a spiritual leader if you don't have a spiritual relationship with Jesus. That's it's right. It's not going to work. So no matter what you try to do, like in Footloose, the guy acting and posing and leading that certain way, completely disconnected, not what we're talking about. You can't pose through this, guys, which is also makes it difficult, but you can understand these principles in order to have clarity and, and lean into the opportunities we have in this role. I, it's also like the more I think about that, that, <laughs> that Footloose dad guy, the more it reminds me that if you haven't listened to part one of of this particular topic on the podcast, 
it would make it would make a lot of sense to to picture that guy because he didn't have influence in his home, so he had to try to control it. It was like, hey, That's I'm right. gonna force what I feel like is the right thing, no matter what, and in so doing, push everyone away from myself. He reverted to control because he did not have influence, because he lost respect, because he didn't own responsibility. Yeah, and it doesn't mean. I mean, maybe he didn't know better. You know, he was doing the best he could, but these are things we can avoid by doing it a better way. All right, so I'm going to jump in, give an overview of a, of a couple principles before talking about what does this mean. And a lot of this is found in Ephesians 5, so I'm just going to read. Uh, this section in NIV is actually titled Instructions for Christian Households, so it's pretty appropriate. <laughs> so verse 21, Ephesians 5, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. So we're, this is a lot in there. And I mean, we could unpack that all day long. All day, we could have a few more. But I'm going to give an overview of what is found in here and then what this actually means. What's found in here is an appointment. It is a design for the Christian household structure design that God's made of appointment as Christ appointed Christ over head of the church. He appointed the husband as the head of the family and of the wife. That's an appointment you can't earn. So as we talked about in the last podcast, the number one takeaway we wanted you to have and to and to discuss as a group is, are you ha- carrying responsibility for that appointment? And the number one thing we don't want you to take away ever is that anything in that passage of Scripture creates an opportunity to power up. That is not what we are talking about. And anything that causes you to go about leadership or headship or head in a bad way is most likely connected to um, leadership and power that has been abused in your family, in your organization. Leadership has so many connotations. Don't get lost in the terminology, but really hone in on the principles of design of this is an appointment of a role. And throughout history, roles in organizations are a good thing. Clarity of roles and responsibilities, understanding what that role is, how you got it, and what you do with it is the goal of this podcast to give us clarity around this, to actually lean in instead of lean out and avoid this based on confusion, which I think has happened in the church for men. So as last podcast, give us grace, because if you own this appointment, our hope for you in the last podcast was to own responsibility for it. Because if you carry responsibility, then you will you will garner respect because you will take ownership of what happens in your home. And that leads to respect because if you don't carry responsibility, you lose respect. And if you lose respect, you lose influence. And if you lose influence, 
you have to revert to control to maintain that system, that that family dynamic. And we have seen this happen, that that leadership then, because it's lost influence and respect because they didn't take responsibility, ends up reverting to control. And that is the the messed up byproduct that then we connect to leadership and have this bad taste in our mouths and have shame about don't get confused by those that understanding and those principles. So where are we going? There's a lot packed into this scripture. And there's a couple things found in scripture that de- that describe this role of headship that has been appointed. But before we go there, let's talk about our wives for a minute. And our wives have been asked to submit themselves to their husbands as they do to the Lord. And before that, in verse 21, it says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So this isn't just wives. We are called to submit to one another. And then it says, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. So wives are supposed to submit. And wives go, uh, and our society goes, no, that's stupid. And husbands go, yeah, if they're from an unhealthy position. What does submit mean? Guys, here's what submit means. It means to let. Submitting to someone means to let. What are they letting happen? What they are letting happen is also connected to Scripture because the next verse tells husbands what they're supposed to do. So it says, wives, submit to your husband, which means let them do what? Be the head of the home? Okay, what does that mean? This is what we're going to talk about today, guys. And there are two things that are in these verses that we just read to say what this means to be the head. What does it mean to have responsibility in this appointed role as the head of the wife? And the two things are to love her and to sacrifice for her. That's it. That is what spiritual leadership looks like. It means in verse 25, husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy. That's it, to love. And what does love look like? It looks like meeting someone's needs. It looks like sacrificing. Uh, Verse 28, in the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. It, It means caring for their needs, just as Christ does the church, which Christ sacrificed for the church and cared for the church more than himself. So it's so simple and so complex, and this is what we're gonna talk about today because wives' role is to submit, which means to let their husbands do what? To love and sacrifice for them. I'm pretty sure that if you ask any wife or any single girl who's thinking about marriage and you say, hey, uh, so this role that's been appointed to your future husband to be the head of you and the head of the family, um, and you're just supposed to submit to him. How do you feel about that? She'll say, she would say, I don't think so. Okay, and then you say, okay, how about this? Your husband's only goal in life, not not only goal, his or, role... Or to use the word that you said before, in place of submit, what if you... W- would you be willing to let your husband love you and sacrifice for you? Uh, yeah, I yeah, think I, I think would. I'll go for that. Put that in the vows. Put that in the vows, because the husband has to love you as himself and sacrifice for you as Christ did the church. That's right. And, and all you, you're supposed to let him do that. Yeah, and when we think about the idea of sacrificing and what Christ did for the church, that also means letting go of your rightness. Hmm. Jesus was righteous. Jesus didn't have to he he already had all the answers. He was right in everything he did, 
but gave himself up as if he were wrong. Do we think about, I mean, that's tough to think about as a husband, about letting my rights go for my wife, giving up on my rights, sacrificing my rights for her. That's a tough thing. Lee, that, that's so good. That sacrifice for the rights is that other's focus. And that is what is the essence of this responsibility that men have as the head. It's to put the other first and, and, and to care for their rights, care for their body, care for their benefit more than they do themselves. Yeah, and I'll say this is why this is a role that it makes sense as a Christian man, because we know what Christ has done for us. We know what Christ has done for the church, and otherwise, it wouldn't make any sense. It wouldn't make any sense to give yourself up for someone else if it wasn't for what God had already done for us. And we can't do it if he's not helping us, if he doesn't, if we don't have God inside of us. Um, to empower us in in whatever that looks like, in whatever way, there's no way we are giving ourselves up for others. So we're supposed to submit to Christ as the church and as men. And if we submit to Christ, what does that look like? It means letting him meet our needs of salvation, of of the spirit in us, of of providing us through the spirit, the ability to then love our wives more than ourselves. So if I'm supposed to love and to sacrifice, two roles described of what husbands in spiritual leadership do. I can't do that without going to the Father first. And so the gist of this goes back to where we started of going, guys, no matter what you try, no matter what you do, no matter how many memory verses you quote or put on your walls or Devo times you do, it's going to boil down to this, am I loving her and the family and sacrificing for them? And I am not going to do that if I don't first receive that from the Father in a sustainable, real way. And you can't pose through that. So all this netted out is how how much do I love God and how much do I let him meet my needs and and be Christ in me instead of me trying to love others? Yeah. And every single one of us is going to say probably not enough of that. You know, as, as we hear you and as we think about those words, we're saying not enough, but what we're going to talk about and unpack a little bit in the second half of this is what what does it look like to be able to do that and have conversations um, that lead toward that end. Man, that was some theology that we just transitioned yeah, impressed, into. Robbie. Man, Preach. I, I'm just a little amped up today, guys. So <laughs> let's take a pause and jump into a section we like to call <laughs> Man Hacks. Lee, a man hack is a tip or a trick to being a better man. What you got for us today? Okay, guys, my man hack that's going to make your life better. I don't think I've shared this before. We have talked about um, tips and tricks to use at Starbucks before, of course. If anyone remembers the Steam the Cream episode. Oh, geez. Here we go again. Steam the Cream. If you go to... (laughs) Guys, you can ask them to heat... (laughs) This is not that. (laughs) <laughs> this is something that a barista at Starbucks clued me into. I used to always ask for a grande coffee with room for cream because I want to put cream in my coffee. She suggested that I ask for a grande coffee in a venti cup. There's no extra charge. Ooh. I get the full cup, the full grande size worth of coffee, but now I have room on top of Man. that in my venti cup. So man, if you're a cream in the coffee kind of guy... 
order your grande coffee in a venti cup. It's beautiful. I think the Starbucks stock just decreased about 2% based on all the men who just saved that money <laughs> yeah. across the country. Because with this reach of this podcast, I mean, and we just took down Starbucks. And at the same time, they ran to Starbucks for their two-plus dollars worth of 10 cents of coffee. Eh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. They're going to be okay, They're Starbucks. Be You'll okay. be all right. All right, Robbie, what do you got for us today? All right, here's my man hack. Uh, it's super annoying to get a group to pick a date on a calendar. Yes, We're all is. way too busy. If you've got eight guys wanting to go to a movie, get together for a meeting, uh, do something it's impossible to find a date. The solution to that is Doodle. It's an it's a website, Doodle, just Google Doodle, D-O-O-D-L-E, and you can type in your thing. You can put, hey, these are my six options. Then the next guy says, these are my five options. Next guy says, these are my six. These are my three. And then it'll say, oh, this is the one option out of those six options that all guys can go to. It helps you in one-stop shop, uh, find a group meeting time. I use Doodle. It is beautiful. It's a better life. It is a better life. You're welcome, guys. We hope you enjoy this section we like to call Man Hacks. Okay, guys, we're going to get back into it. Robbie, we need to land this plane a little bit, talk a little bit practically about where to go, but I love where we've been. Even that idea, um, it just takes the... It takes the nastiness out of submission um, to think about wives, let your husbands love and sacrifice for you. If we could reword it in that way, I mean, that is just beautiful and awesome. But as husbands, what do we do? Where do we, where do we start to think practically here? So this is in us, right? It's hard to let someone love us and meet our needs. That is our role. Christ modeled that for us, and he supplies the source for us to be able to do that for our wives. And our wives so desperately want to respect us. They're supposed to. They want to. That We so desperately want to be respected. But if we don't understand the appointment of the role, then we won't take responsibility. That's it. That's why it's so critical because if we take responsibility for this role that has been appointed that we can't earn, then we will need to trust in the Father to as the source of that love to then model that for our wives. And if we take responsibility for this role of headship, that means we will not blame our wives. We will not blame others for the problems in our house. We will own what happens in our house. We will not also lean away from them and check out and avoid them and go passive. Thinking back to the assessment from part one. That's right. We will we will take responsibility, check ourselves, and lean in. And if we take responsibility, always anybody that takes responsibility gains respect. And if they gain respect, they gain influence. And therefore, you don't need to control. You don't need to do anything out of that influence, you steward that for the sake of others, and you are then able and encouraged to love more effectively. Really earns respect, right? Because I'm, I'm more used to hearing about earning respect, or respect must be earned. And so we do that by taking responsibility. So if we take responsibility, then we will do what God has called us to do, which are those two things, love and sacrifice. Love, in a practical way, is loving the wife as he loves himself. We're pretty sensitive. We're pretty thoughtful. It's just usually about us and ourselves. We're very aware of our own needs and our own body and our own desires, and we take care of those. What love is, is doing that 
for others. So we have the ability, if we trust in Christ, to love our wives. That is what all this boils down to. And we know how well we're loving our wife. We're not fixing her. We're caring for her needs above our own needs. So as we think about this, Robbie, and as we want to, of course, move toward the practical, because what we are always going to say is that you're going to do life better when you're doing life together with other men. What are the questions we need to be asking with within our group's context? What are the conversations that we need to be having? That's great. Here's the first one, guys. The first one is, and this might be helpful to talk with your wife, what is the expectation of what spiritual leadership means? Are you thinking about uh, the guy from Footloose who has family devos and prayers because your your wife and you might feel like you're not being a spiritual leader. You might be killing it as a spiritual leader. You love Jesus and you're loving your wife well. And she's going, well, he's not a spiritual leader very good, but he loves me really well. And he's carrying responsibility and ownership in the house. He is killing it as a spiritual leader. We're just confused on what that means. So the first question to talk about with your wife or with your guys group is, what do we think of when we think of spiritual leader, headship, and what do we think about in regards to this structure and family system that God has designed? Let's look at scripture. Let's deal with our own negative assumptions about leadership and the abuse of that leadership and how that might affect it and what this spiritual leader looks like in the home. It's not quiet. It's not family devos. It's loving and sacrificing through appointment. So that's the first question. Yeah, that's huge. Expectation. The first question, what are our expectations of spiritual leader of the home? That's right. If you have an understanding of those expectations, then the second question is, what does this appointment look like and feel like to you? And the practical way to do that is through the assessment of responsibility. So if you carry responsibility of that appointment, that's what you do with an appointment. You step up with responsibility. God has appointed you, therefore you carry responsibility. And how you carry responsibility comes through those questions of, am I casting blame? Am I carrying ownership? Am I carrying responsibility? So look at it for questions, almost like which one of these could I grow in? As I'm talking to you, you're in my group. Um, I, I take, you know, whether it's, um, am I blaming other people for problems in the home? Am, uh, am I allowing my wife to take blame for any family problems? Um, do I find myself distancing myself um, from my family when I get home? Or am I struggling to listen? Um, which one of those four can I grow in? That's right. Uh, every one of us is going to have the one out of the four That's of those. Right. I go, man, I could do a little bit better job. Yeah. For me, it's listening. I'm not prioritizing time with Emily right now in this season to really listen to her and seek understanding of where she thinks the family is off track. And if I'm not listening, I'm not able to carry responsibility of a lack of awareness. And that's my, that's the thing that I've got to work on after this last podcast that, that I'm going to work on with Emily. Yeah, that's really good. I think for me, it's probably honestly distancing myself from problems. I'm, I'm not, um, I don't have a a particular vice or I'm not reading the newspaper when I get home or something like that, but I will gravitate toward playing with the kids, um, taking care of, Mm. of something around the house rather than pushing into our, our finances or something else that's just harder for me. That's good. So that's, that's the second big conversation piece to wrestle through as a group or with your wife. The third and final conversation piece is that 
if spiritual headship means to love and to sacrifice for our wife above the needs of ourself, it's as simple as how can I love my wife better? You got to be aware of her needs in order to meet those needs. So you have to listen, you have to ask, and you've got to, and, and a lot of us just know, we know the ways we're not meeting our wives' needs. Taking a couple minutes in a group of men to go, hey, this is an area that I'm not meeting my wife's needs is the most courageous and humble thing that you can do. So if you want to be a, a the the leader in your men's group, married group in this, go, hey, this is a way that I could love my wife better through meeting her needs. I'm aware of those needs, and I'm going to go meet those needs with a practical how. Start leaning into that, and again, you're going to run out of gas if you're not receiving that from the Father. So that's the the dynamic and the beauty of the power of the gospel and transformation. But start by practicing loving her. You know how to do that. And if you don't process with some guys and figure out how to love her, that is what it means to be a spiritual leader in the home. Love her and sacrifice for her. By caring responsibility, by understanding the weird expectations you have of what spiritual leadership looks like. Guys, that's it. That's what we've got. And this is so significant that we hope and pray that this helps us understand these principles and these concepts so that we can become better men in line with how God has designed us as heads of the family. And if we follow God's design, as always, blessings come from that because we have a father that loves us and wants to bless his children. And he says, guys, here's how you receive blessing by aligning with my design for you. That is our hope and prayer for you guys. It's a big one. Yeah, this was that's a big really couple good. episodes. And and just to clarify that that's not a if you do this, then I'll do that from God. That's nope. a here's a great, better way to do it because I designed it this way. And you'll love it when you do it. And blessings happen when you align with design, not because it it's a give and take performance that's and right. I'll show up, but because we function better when we're functioning in our design. There's a lot to talk about in this one. Guys. I wish I could be a fly on the wall in a ton of groups. We hope you use this. Uh, you you guys are awesome. Continue to meet and sharpen each other to become more fully alive men. And as always, have the questions in your head of what does this mean for me personally? What am I going to do about it? And then how we can help each other as men. So that's it, guys. We hope you enjoyed part two of this conversation, and we're going to leave you with a couple minutes of wisdom from our friend John Woodall in a segment we like to call Wisdom from the Woods. Debbie and I had the privilege of um, raising four children, three sons, and a daughter and when they were really young we had them really close together they were six five four and two uh, we finally figured out what it was that was producing all these children and we stopped but when we were in that season uh, we were just going crazy and trying to figure out how to raise this young family and I had an older man come into my life when he kind of saw the craziness and he said something to me that I'll never forget I thought about it um, the whole time he said you know John there's only so much that you can do in raising your family uh, you can teach your children you can model for your children 
and you can pray for your children and you have to just give the rest or leave the rest to God. And I've never stopped thinking about those three words, teach, model, pray. It's been a framework for me to think about um, what is it exactly that I want to teach my children, not only good manners and being polite children, but what are some of the big ideas that you want to teach your children as they're under your roof? Secondly, on you are leaving an example. They are following. They are watching you. You are being a model to follow in some way. And what is it exactly that you want to model for them? Can you say to your children, I want you to follow me as I follow God, as I follow Jesus? Um, Or do you say, follow me in this area, but don't in this area? Can you say, follow me without exception? And that's always been a challenge for me. And then the last thing is, how do you pray for your children, and what do you want to pray for them? Um, I think that these three ideas for us as dads, um, that as we teach them, as we model for them, as we pray for them, this is as much as we can do, and then we have to keep our hope and our trust in the Lord. Teach them, model for them, pray for them, and keep your hope and your trust in God. Think about that. All right, guys, that's it. As always, you can find the questions that we talked about in this podcast in the show notes to equip you in case you were driving, working out, and couldn't take notes. They're in the show notes. Look at those questions. Bring them into your men's groups. Like, share, and we hope you enjoy. We're out. See ya.